What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Russ, I got to ask you, how many 22-year-olds do you know get a vision for financial freedom and just crush it in three years? Um, I know one because of the <laughs> podcast we had today. Now, we've actually had several podcast interviews with 22-year-olds who are on fire, which is rare though, man. It's, it's just so exciting to hear someone who knows what knows what they want to do and go does it go goes and does it the other part of it it really pisses me off because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't I, him I, I just i didn't have that vision man like i was so excited to get out in the world and just start working right like because that's all i knew to do and i'm, I'm just kind of pissed that somebody didn't like point me in the direction that my dad, like his dad gave him the the courage and the, and, and the gumption to go out and try to do something completely different than what he went to college and got his degree in to do. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I think uh, if you listen to this podcast with Josh Ferrari today, I really want tribe. I really want you to focus in on a couple things. Number one, who is your mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself that question. Because your mentor matters. That's what I 100% took away from today's podcast. And secondly, where have you failed that you gave up? Where have you failed or not gotten through to what you had hoped it would be and then gave up? Mm. That is, those are the two things. If you take away nothing else, Josh answered those questions in a way that dramatically changed the trajectory of his life. And I think you can do the same. Yeah, he, he had a chance to quit, but then he determined that the option to quit was going to cost him way more than to keep going. As you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear about a guy who had no money, <laughs> who had no experience. He had really no strategy and initially had no mentor, but he went into this trying to find a way to make more money. Cause he was like, look, the job that I, I had was not going to ever get me past this glass ceiling. And he, he just got a, a glimpse into what building streams of income in a different Avenue could do. And he was like, I feel like that's what I have to pursue. And I, I'm, if you're listening to this as a early twenties, don't let people, tell you that you can't. This is, should be the podcast that encourages you. If you're listening to this as someone who has kids that are entering college age, send it to them. Let this be an encouragement to them. Or if you're in your 60s or 70s, you got grandkids. Point this to them. Because I just think this is the thing that 
if I would have known about this stallion 25 years ago, we probably wouldn't be on this podcast, which I'm, <laughs> so I am grateful that I didn't learn about it. <laughs> I know that life would look a lot differently and, and things would have happened a lot quicker because of it. But man, grateful to, to have this podcast interview. Let's, let's shut up now and jump in right now with Josh Ferrari. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome in Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe. Today, you get to hear from the Josh Ferrari in the house. So glad to have you, man. I know. So glad to be here in this fancy stream yard studio. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for, for letting us um, get you in the studio. You had us on your podcast. We've had a lot of conversation and I'm excited to share you with the audience. Your, um, your story is really unique because you weren't always uh, doing... Um, 100 unit apartment complexes all over the US. You actually had a very um, different background, a, a technician background. Would you mind just sharing kind of a little bit about your story ahead of time? Yeah, humble beginning, so to say, right? Uh, You're just talking about when, when people think of Ferrari, they think of speed and fast. And you could say my introduction to the business was was Toyota speed. And uh, and I'm, I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get it closer to the Ferrari speed, right? Um, so back in January of 2018 was actually when I was even first introduced to really the concept of real estate investing. I, I hated investing so much that I didn't like my dad kept pushing me to Roth IRAs and 401ks. I didn't even sign up for any of that at the day job that I got. They're like, Oh, we'll match like 5%. You know, I was like, I don't care. Not doing it. Not interested. So investing was never really something that was on my mind or was something that I thought I was going to get into. And then January of 2018 rolls around. My dad's getting ready to retire after about 30 years in the Navy. And he's like, these are my prime working years. You know, I'm not really ready to retire and do nothing. So your mom and I are getting ready to start flipping houses. And I just kind of chuckled a little bit, thought it was kind of funny, super random left field thing to do after uh, you know, 30 year veteran. Um, but nonetheless, I was intrigued in what he was saying. And so I kept asking questions. And every answer that he gave me was more intriguing than the last. Like the you know, taxes, tax efficiency of real estate investing, whether it be um, dependent on how you're doing the flip or if you're holding it for a certain amount of time and you know, buy and hold longer term and what that looked like. And then telling me that he wasn't going to use any of his own money to actually buy and pay for the renovations and actually flip the house. And I was like, how on earth are you going to do that? That's weird. And then the fact that he can make more than my annual salary in like four or five months flipping a house. And I was like, sign me up. How do I get involved into something like that? Which, uh, wait, by the way, so what was your day job at that time? Like, give us an idea of that. So at the time, I was a full-time aircraft technician. That's what I went to college for. Um, I graduated college like eight months prior, moved from Memphis, Tennessee to Southern Alabama to start what I thought was going to be this longstanding aviation career. Um, 
that was when he called me up and was like, Hey, this, this whole real estate thing's pretty legit. You should check it out. So after that conversation, he gave me all these Robert Kiyosaki books and told me about bigger pockets and the podcast. And I started going to not one or two or even three, but four different local real estate investor meetups in my area. It's like, I just got to learn from everybody I can learn from because this real estate thing is, is incredible. And I've always been very much an action taker where I don't like to, I'm the opposite of the analysis paralysis. Like I should probably do more analysis before jumping into stuff, but it's just never been me. So in less than two weeks after he told me all about it and I tried to read a ton of books and started going to these meetups, my wife and I jumped into wholesaling. I was like, well, not going to get anywhere in life if I don't actually go and do it. So we tried wholesaling for like six months, didn't close a single deal, realized that wholesaling really wasn't the the avenue or the route that we wanted to take. I didn't want to build a wholesaling empire because it's just trading a job for a job. And I, I wanted the, uh, the true wealth without wall street. I wanted the, the passive income and the only way to get that was to own something. So at that point we decided, all right, let's not focus our efforts on wholesaling anymore. Let's pivot and buy something. And the only thing we could afford was going to be a house hack. Uh, we didn't have enough money to like buy a house, live in it and, buy something else and like rent that out or do short-term rental or the many different ways. So house hacking was the thing that made the most sense to us. So we bought a fourplex as our actual first real estate investment, which hindsight's always 2020. And I think we just bit off more than we could chew on the first deal. It's, you know, massive 4,500 square foot home that's over a hundred years old in a historic district, which all meant good things. I thought, because it meant it was walking distance to downtown. It meant it, you know, pristine location, most dilapidated property in the nicest neighborhood, which I thought was a great thing because it means you can add more value, right? But none of that was actually the case because you can only add value if you've got the capital to add the value. And you can also only add value if you have the team, systems, and people in place to help you do so. And I didn't have any of that. We were bootstrapping the whole thing. And uh, long story short, we ended up losing about $60,000 on that deal. All the holes in the Swiss cheese lined up and realized that that was just not not the the avenue that we wanted to take. Well, well I want to get into why you lost money, but and then I know there's a really interesting story of what that led you to, right? But to me, the question I have, and I, I think the person listening might be wondering this, they may not be the action taker you are. So you said you were fairly newly removed from college, had went to school, got this degree, but yet now we're chasing a whole completely different avenue. That's hard for most people to even fathom, right? Like what was it that made you so optimistic to chase something completely different than what you had already done? The, you mentioned your dad said it was yeah. interesting. You, you saw that there was potential money in it. Was it just that simple? I think the simplicity of it for me was that my dad was doing it. And I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. And if he's doing it and I'm doing it, then at least I have someone to lean on and ask questions. If, if something comes up and doesn't pan out, I can just give him a call and he can help me figure out what I'm doing wrong. Even if he's not going to do whatever Avenue I was going to take, because I ended up deciding to do wholesaling and he wasn't doing that. But, but wouldn't the safe route to been to just go to the job that you had been trained to do and get a paycheck every single week, two weeks, whatever. I suppose that's the safe avenue. But on the flip side, you know, I may have also been in a different position because I hear a lot of times from people that go go to college, they get a degree, they go to start working on some career, 
And it's a high paying career. They have what people call the golden handcuffs. Like they're making hundred, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year in this job. And they're like, I'm sitting pretty. Why do I want to go and run a business and try to do my own thing, take a massive pay cut? You know, that was the opposite for me. So motivation for me was also just finances. And I realized that with the career path that I was on, it's going to take me 10 to 20 years to ever make, mm. you know, mm. $130,000, $140,000 a year. And that was really kind of like the cap of what aircraft technicians could make unless I went overseas and I didn't want to go overseas. Got it. So you were seeing the path that I went down, but maybe because of that being trained or, you know, something that you thought you'd be good at, but that wasn't going to provide the lifestyle that you wanted. And you saw an opportunity right. and, but you were not afraid that with your education, your background that, okay, well, this is my limit here with, as a, as in, in this technician world, but in the real estate world, you didn't feel like it required some like super duper knowledge to, to get you past that point? No, it didn't seem like there was a limit from the, the little bit of education and knowledge I had done before jumping in. It seemed like the, the opportunities were endless. It just mattered how much work and effort and systems and you know everything else that you build around your business to be successful. So I was like, well, shoot, I'm, more than happy to put in the work if it means I can make more money than I'm making today because in the job that I was in and the, the career path as aircraft tech, you only get paid as many like hours as you worked. And I was like, there's gotta be a way with business with real estate to work less hours and make more money. Once you actually reach scale and get systems and hire people, I'm like, but I'm never going to be able to do that in this career path. So well, not interested. But yet you took a path less traveled going completely off, <laughs> you know, off the path of, of where you thought you were going to be. You spend a year, not only not making money, but losing 60,000. Yeah, I, I, I thought we were going to talk to a guy that had some success. Like, could we get <laughs> I, this? Is, at this point, I'm just a little. Well, I mean, I, I mean, really, because I, I want to paint this picture, right? As people are listening and they hear stories of entrepreneurs having success and 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 all of these uh, fancy things that we get to do and the lifestyle we get to have because we're not tied down to a desk and a day job, but the the path that you took took. You said six months of trying to do one set of business that made no money. Then you went down another path and not only did it not make any money, but you lost 60 grand. So I'm trying to figure out in here, what gave you the motivation or the um, confidence and the surety that you had chosen the right path? Because for most people, they would have said, okay, yes, maybe my training, the safe path of going back to what I originally um, had gone to school for. I should go back and do that. Um, I mean, it's a good question. I would say my persistence, because I do get this question fairly often. And like, how do you lose? How does your very first deal? Cause it's everyone's biggest failure when they're getting into a new business, when they're starting a new venture, when they're trying to go and do their own thing outside of their cushy day job where they have a guaranteed paycheck every week or every other week is that they're going to go and do something. They're going to waste a bunch of time and they're going to lose a bunch of money. It's not going to bear any fruit. That's literally everyone's biggest fear that prevents them from getting into the business. And it's exactly what happened to me. So a lot of people are like, how, how did you keep going after something like that happened after that offset, that 
getting kicked back. And my mindset at the time truly was that I didn't really have another option. I, to get, to try to give some kind of analogy or a metaphor, I, I dug myself this really deep hole of losing 60 grand. Right. And so the only way to get out of it is to build a rope or build a ladder or build something to dig out. And what that meant for me, the basic, like trying to dig myself out of that hole was the day job. So every day I'm guaranteed another nail to put in my, put in my ladder. Or I'm guaranteed a piece of metal to piece it on there or a piece of wood and start climbing out of it. Um, and eventually 10 years from now, I'll be able to climb out of this. So I'm, I'm in this hole. We're $60,000 in debt, or at least on the pathway to it. And I'm realizing that if I get out of the real estate business now, and I stick with this day job on the current path that we're on, even if I get bonuses, like even with bonuses and pay raises, it is probably going to be a decade before we pay the $60,000 off. So that's a decade of delaying our life because I was married. So it's a decade of my wife and I delaying growing our family. That's a decade of delaying us buying a primary residence to live in. So we'll be renting for another decade, which we don't want to do. That's just a decade of so much pain that I feel like we would have had to go through. Like it would have been more pain to stay in the day job because of all of life's biggest adventures we would have missed out on. I mean, think about it. I was 22, 23, losing all this money. 22, 23 year olds typically aren't even thinking about investing in business. So if we just think about social media, everyone that I'm following, all of my friends and people that I grew up with and went to college with, they're getting married, they're having kids, they're buying houses, they're going on all these extravagant trips all across the world. They're doing all this really fun stuff and I didn't get to do any of it because I was spending all of my money and all of my time in this fourplex. And so I'm like, I'm not delaying this for 10 more years, not happening. So the only option for me was that I just have to keep digging deeper in this hole and eventually I'll strike gold or I'll strike oil. Like something's down here for me and I got to keep digging to find it. Cause if I give up now, not, not the life I wanted to live. All right. So what was that next step that was the turning point? I'm really hoping there's at least some turning point here cause I'm getting discouraged. So there was a turning point. Um, it was really before we had lost all the cash too. So we were in the kind of the midst of the fourplex realizing it was going downhill and this wasn't going to be a path that we could stay on to make a ton of money. So I actually listened to a podcast on from bigger pockets where Brandon Turner brought on uh, Cameron Harold, a guy that wrote the book vivid vision. And Brandon Turner talked about the vivid vision that he crafted and how that like completely changed his life and his business and then the interview that they had with Cameron, he was just talking about the book itself and all the benefits and what the vivid vision can really do for someone's not only business, but like their personal life. And I was like, wow, this sounds incredible. This sounds like something that I need because at the time I felt like I didn't have any focus and I didn't have any clarity and I needed to get both of those to be able to move the needle at all to see any kind of success. So I immediately bought the book, read the book in like a couple of days and then after reading the book, I was talking to my wife and I was like, this, this is it. Like we have to craft this vision for us and get this clarity so that we can move forward. So okay. Hold we, on. Hold on. I got to jump in. Okay. Your wife was like, sure, Josh. Um, we've already done this twice before. Um, how, third time's a charm <laughs> or what was her response? 
So the the vision itself wasn't like, let's go do something else and spend more money and spend more time, which maybe was why she was a little bit more excited about it. The vision was like, let's just get clarity about what we want. Like, I, I'm not saying let's jump into something else immediately and let's go do this and do that and spend more money and waste more time. Let's just get the crystal clear clarity of what we want our lifestyle to look like so hmm. that together we can build the focus and build the business around what's going to help us live the lifestyle. So yeah. we, we went on what we now call our annual vivid vision retreat. We went to the mountains in Tennessee in the middle of nowhere and got away from the Wi-Fi, got away from everything. It's before we had kids. This is before we had the dog. It was just the two of us. And we really got to just disconnect and be together, be just the two of us thinking truly in-depthly about what it is that we wanted. Like, hey, this trip that we're on right now, like, this is fun. I like this trip. Let's take more trips like this. Okay, how do we take more trips like this without needing PTO and without, you know, how do we live while still being able to take some fairly expensive trips like this? Well, we can do credit card point hacking. You know, we can, we can try to do some other things that maybe help us do some more traveling. But I think the big main thing we're going to need is, is cash. And in order to get that cash, we need to build a business that brings in the passive income. So anyway, after that retreat and we got the clarity, that was really when I made the decision, or I guess technically we made the decision that larger scale commercial multifamily, specifically syndications, was going to be the route, the path we needed to take to build that life, build that business and do what we wanted to do. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared, though, for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. Let me ask, though, so, you know, to make sure we're not being super foo-foo here in the vision. And I love Cameron Harold. I'm actually reading another book he's written called Second in Command right now. Did you just, did you guys just sit there and just dream and, and talk about stars and, you know, what's, what's going to look like, you know, with rainbows and unicorns in the future? Or did you dream and write something down? So we dreamt and then I had to write, it's actually right here in front of me on my wall. I got it printed out on some big fancy cardstock with nice, whatever, you know, frame to put up here on my office wall, which is technically my bedroom. Uh, but we basically took that retreat to write down a bunch of bullet points, write down a bunch of things of what we wanted. Like, Hey, we really want to start having kids in two years. Yeah. So we got to get out of this debt so we can start doing that. Hey, we really want to, we really want a dog. One of the things we said while we were there is like, I'd, I'd love to have a dog. What kind of dog do we want? Well, let's talk about that. Uh, and then immediately after we got back, like, like a month after we got back, we went and got a dog. That's what we wanted. So this is part of the vision. And so we did it. 
Um, no, and other things like, okay, well, how long before we both want to be out of our day jobs? Because we were both working full time at the time. Well, you're probably going to be out of your day job before me because we want to have kids before our true like achievement of financial freedom. And so she wanted to be a stay at home mom. So, all right, we've got to make enough money so that you can quit and go full time, be a, be a stay at home mom and not have to have the day job anymore. And so when do we want to do that by? Well, here's the date we want to do that by. So we had bullet points of like thinking of these thought processes. And then when we got back and I then got in front of my computer, that was when I actually typed it out, wrote it out and created the legitimate vivid vision. Cause there's nothing vivid about bullet points. No, so. no there's not. But the, the greatest point here and, and Trav, if you're listening to this, so Josh needed help as it related to his strategy and his vision. He was sitting there uh, with uh, big, big goals, but nothing was written down, right? There, there was nothing. It, it was just it, this dream. But as he and his wife got together, they wrote down and they pro- they created written goals of what they wanted their life to look like. They created written goals for the amount of passive income they would need to accomplish those things. They they were creating the items, but then Josh, now we're moving into, but that it's great to have that stuff written, right? And we move into subconscious because of that there, that in having it in front of you, being able to be driven by it to, to get your brain on it. But to your point, okay, now what's the strategy? Because that you still needed help to execute on the vision itself. You had to create a strategy to get there. And you said the strategy was not going to be doing what you had done before. It needed to be creating passive income, which was going to come from something other than a fourplex or wholesaling. Where did you get the strategy and who came along to help you implement the strategy? The strategy came from sheer knowledge. So everyone always talks about reading books and listening to podcasts and going to local real estate investor meetups and soaking up as much as knowledge networking that you can in this business. But I feel like a lot of people fail at the, the taking action part. So what they're doing right is learning. So I had to learn. I had to realize that wholesaling and house hacking and single family and small multis and flipping and short-term rentals and arbitrage model, like none of that is what I wanted my business or lifestyle to look like. I wanted to own assets that were going to pay me income with or without me going to work. And so I knew that, or I had to find out what that was. And the way that I found that out was I read, uh, I actually read Joe Fairless's book, that big red book of like best ever apartment syndication advice or something like that. And he lays out like step-by-step exactly what to do. And I was like, well, can't hurt to try what he's telling me to do here. And if it doesn't work, then his book's bogus and it doesn't work. But if it works, then great. Like he, he's helped me out. So I just started going down the line of doing things that he had told me to do. Started the podcast, which is the thought leadership platform that he talks about even way before actually closing a deal. Started getting um, really focused and niched on figuring out how to like underwrite deals. I'm like, man, I don't even know where to begin when it comes to underwriting deals. So I had to do some more like Google research and, you know, bigger pocket forum research and asking people. And this, I, I didn't actually start the podcast until, until later on. So I guess even taking a further step back after reading that book and realizing this is what I wanted to do literally a month after we got back off this retreat and I was piecing together my vision Uh, one of the local real estate investor meetups had a guest speaker coming over from Pensacola to speak in Mobile where I'm 
originally based out of now to talk about multifamily syndication. And I was like, wow, this is the book I just read this. Uh, and this guy, you know, they give you the bio about the guy and he'd done a couple thousand units um, in like track record and experience and stuff that he'd done along the Gulf coast. And I'm like, this guy obviously knows what he's talking about. So I'm going to go to this meetup, hear what he has to say and hear if, he can either a solidify my desire to get into this business or B tell me a bunch of things that don't line up with what I thought when it came to this business. So I go, the meeting ends and I'm like fired up. I'm like, Oh yes. He solidified everything that I thought was going to be the case with this business. And then I ended up building up the courage to go and talk to the guy afterwards just introduced myself, found out that he was a naval helicopter fighter pilot and I was an aircraft technician. So we immediately connected just with aviation um, and then asked him if I, if I could take him out to lunch the following week, had some more questions for him, you know, wanted to let some other people talk to him because of course everyone wants to talk to the speaker after a meetup or conference like that. So he said, sure. Uh, so I, week later, took him out to lunch, went to like Dickie's barbecue pit. Like, it's not like it was anything fancy, right? You just go to this little cheap barbecue place, spent like $12 on his lunch. <laughs> Wasn't a lot of money. And he just tells me all the stuff that I don't know. Like I'm starting to just spit off questions and be like, Hey, here's what I think I know. Is, is this true? Is this what I need to do? Like, what do I need to be focusing on? And he's like, wow, you've got a long way to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> telling me that I don't really know anything, which was humbling and is something that I needed because it was true. I didn't, I didn't know anything about the business. And he immediately gave me some books to read and was like, check this out and this out and do this, this, and this. Gave me these like action step list of items to go do. And then in like a week or two later, I had done all the things he asked me to do. And I came back to him and was like, hey, man, I, I did all that stuff. Now I got more questions about like underwriting and market analysis. And like, how do I even know if this is the market I want to choose and, and brokers and leads? Like I had all these new questions and he stopped me and was like, you're the first person in the last decade that's ever came back to me a second time after I told people the stuff that they should go do, like to actually do the stuff. And I was like, are you serious? This sounds incredible. How can no one come back to you? And he's like, I don't know, but you're the first one to come back. So I'd be more than happy to, to help you. And that was really the, the simple beginning of him kind of mentoring me in a way um, without needing any kind of paid mentorship. Uh, and it wasn't a proactive thing where he gave me all this stuff to like where we met two or three times a week and he gave me all the stuff to do and introduced me to brokers and he didn't do any of that. It was very much, I had to put in the work, put in the effort, find out what the questions were that I needed to be asking. I then had to go and ask the question and then he would give me the answer. All right. So I want, I want to like break this out a little bit. So you, you, you took a year or so trying to wholesale and work in the single family fix and flip world, right? Then you start learning about this multifamily space. You spend a year or two, you say, trying to, to learn it, engage in it. The whole time, I'm assuming you're still doing your day job. And this yep. is just stuff you're doing. You know, we, we like to refer to this on our show as, you know, that's your nine to five. And then you were doing this in the five to nine, right? You were doing this in, the, in those off hours. So two years in, you finally find an opportunity. Tell us about the opportunity and what that did for you. 
Yeah. So the deal that I, the first deal that we bought was actually my mentor's deal. Like he, he owned it and he was selling it. So he, again, goes back to the, the power of a, of a great freaking mentor. He had saw my hustle over the last year and a half, saw my continual struggle of finding a legitimate deal that actually penciled and or made sense. And reached out to me. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but I remember it was August of 2020. And just sent me, sent me an email and was like, Hey man, I've been seeing, you've been struggling, uh, trying to get a deal under contract, but I see all the hard work that you're putting in and you've got your business partner now who is just me and another guy. It's just two of us at the time, me and Reggie. Um, and I see you guys working, trying to get these deals. Tell you what, like dot, dot, dot <laughs> the next paragraph. Uh, I've got this deal. Uh, it's 42 units. It's in Citronelle, Alabama, which is about 30 minutes north of Mobile, which wasn't really a market we were focusing on, but it's about only 30 minutes outside of the market we were targeting. Um, and I'm getting ready to sell it. I'm starting to talk to brokers now, and we're going to put together a whole package. We'll probably ultimately list it in February of next year, which would have been February of 21. He says, but if we do it that way, then here's the price that it's going to be. Um, but... I, if you guys think that you would be interested in purchasing this deal from us, if you think we can sell it to you, and if you think you can close before the end of the year, because this was August of 2020, and if we don't have to go through a broker, like if we can just avoid that and we can just work the two of us together, then I'll give you a $400,000 discount on the price I was going to list it at in February. And I was like, bet send me all the info, send me everything you got, uh, underwrote it as quickly as I possibly could, saw that it, I, I felt like it penciled and made sense, but I wasn't the executive decision maker, you know, partnership now. So send it over to Reggie. I'm like, Reggie, take a look at this deal. He just sent me this email. Uh, he's willing to give us a discount. Bob, Bob gave him the whole spiel. He underwrote it. We were like, looks like it makes sense. And he gave us a, the number with the $400,000 discount. We were like, even at that price, it looks like it makes sense. So, let's let's submit an LOI. Let's submit an offer. And then got it under LOI immediately. There was no negotiation because we basically had agreed on the price that he wanted and the terms of closing before the end of the year. And then, uh, then got it under contract after that. Got our attorney to draft the purchase and sale agreement, got it officially under contract. And we were on our way, closing our first deal. That's so awesome. I, I love the idea that, you know, there's this common thread of a mentor that just made amazing things happen. You had to do the work. It's not like to take anything away from you, but how that set you in motion and started this first deal. Now, fast forward and summarize for me, how many deals have you done since then? And what has that actually done for your vivid vision? Yeah, it's funny. I was reading it the other day and realizing how, how close I am to actually achieving it. Cause the vision's written out three years in advance. So when I wrote it, it was 2020. And so the date on this vision is December 31st, 2023. So by the end of this year, my goals were to, to achieve these things. But anyway, summarization after we closed our first deal, which was December of 2020, it's been just a little over two years now. And we've closed over 768 units, uh, 62 million asset center management. We have another 106 under contract that at the time of this recording will be closing in seven days. Uh, I've personally raised over $25 million from passive investors just over the last two years. 
We've officially vertically integrated with our most recent acquisition and started our own property management company. And this new deal that we're about to close, we'll implement our own property management company on that. May eventually take it portfolio wide. We'll see. Uh, we've already hired two two other like internal employees as well. So we're starting to slowly scale and grow and a lot of learning curves going from employee to employer. I'll tell you that much. Um, I started the podcast, which was back in April of 2020. So it'll be three years this April. And then I have over like 60,000 people that tune into it on a monthly basis. And it's just absolutely exploded with the sponsors that we have and like the guests I'm able to bring on. I feel like I have learned so much from that too. Cause I get to meet people like you guys who just have a different ex experience or a different perspective on the business or a different niche that you target and focus on. There's just so many ways to make money in real estate. I, I feel like I learn something new every day. And then the networking aspect, you know, your networks, your net worth. I get to meet so many really cool people. So that's been a blast. And then seven, about seven months ago in July of 2022, after about 18 months of actually closing multifamily deals, uh, I was officially able to quit my day job. The wife, wife had quit. She was full-time stay-at-home mom. And I had finally checked the box of financial independence, making enough passive income through multifamily to quit and go full-time. And then around the same time frame, June of last year, I actually started a mastermind to help other investors bypass the many mistakes that I had made, give them a lot of our systems and processes that we utilize in our business to make things very easy for them and help them scale and grow their company like my mentor did me. You know, I've just received so many benefits as we've talked about this entire episode from having a mentor. I wanted to be able to provide that same thing, that same level of even just like satisfaction. Like it's just super satisfying knowing that you're helping other people uh, change their lives. So since starting that, we've had like 29 people join. And then the last six, seven months, they've closed, oh, they've closed 410 units, $40 million asset center management, and they've raised over 33 million in equity. And as of two weeks ago, four of them have already quit their day job and gone full time from the income that they've made. So it's super rewarding creating something like that. And I am now able to live a life of, of freedom. Like I always dream, do what I want when I want, uh, spend time with the family, spend time working if I want to do that. And the, all of the goals and dreams that we had setting out on this venture back to January of 2018, when we initially had that conversation, um, uh, have basically finally come to fruition. And the main thing I was trying to achieve was financial independence. So once I achieved that, it was like, well, shoot, now I got to shoot for larger goals. So my new larger goal was to help other people do the same thing, which is why I started the mastermind. That's so cool, man. It is so fun to hear the coming to fruition, right? To, to have it in a thought in your head to then making it something that you look at daily to something that you're realizing and then even taking it to where other people are able to do the same thing. Josh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your story. Tribe, as you heard from Josh, that the, the first step is getting clear on what you want. And if you don't, you'll spend um, months and years going in the wrong direction. But if you get clear on what you want, then building a strategy to get there is not as hard as you might believe. Josh, if someone wanted to take action, wanted to follow up with you in some way, learn how to become uh, maybe a multifamily um, guy, where would you send them and uh, how could they connect with you? 
I think the best place to go is to check our check out our website at FerrariCapital.com. Um, and then another great way to just kind of stay in touch with us and see what we're doing on a monthly, weekly, even daily basis is just social media. My two platforms that I'm the most active on are going to be Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, and obviously, I, I don't have the links memorized off the top of my head. But if you go to our website at FerrariCapital.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, all the links to all of our social medias are right there. Awesome, Josh. Thanks again for being on and tribe. I pray that you will take action just as Josh did. Uh, if you need to take that first step, uh, call or get set up a call with us, wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call. And if you got value from today's podcast, please like, rate, and review us. And uh, we want to continue to get this message out that there is freedom possible. And uh, there's many people who have gone on that path ahead of you. We want you to be one of them. Thanks again. We'll catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.